It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode coming up. We had the best time ever recording it, and I think that's going to show through. And we were so lucky to get our panel. Thank you for listening. If you ever want to donate, because we are mostly listener-supported, you can go to our website, which is popmyculturepodcast.com, and click the Donate button. And any amount, large or small, is great. And we'll give you shout-outs on our show. Uh, We'll be catching up with those next week when we are together again. Also, we love to hear from you. So if you ever want to leave us a review on iTunes, that's really great. That helps us get featured. Or send us an email at info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Now, today, we are lucky to still be working with our wonderful sponsor, Bonobos. So for all of you boys who want to look like men, go to Bonobos. That's bonobos.com, B-O-N-O-B-O-S. They've got great men's clothing, and for first-time customers, you can get 20% off by using the code POPMYCULTURE. And there's free shipping all the time. So try it out. It's easy, and you're going to look so good. And now, without any further adieu, the legends of voice acting, acting, acting. Uh, Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Raglan. And we're live at Riot LA! Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We're really excited to be here. Uh, has anyone actually heard our podcast before? <laughs> oh, all right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's really that good. Could, that could have been really sad. Yeah. No, it would be okay. Would it? Sure. <laughs> uh, we have an awesome, awesome panel for you guys. Uh, our, so exciting. Our, our podcast is like a loose, fun conversation on pop culture, people's careers, things like that. So it's going to be a goofy, fun little show, I, I think. I think you can already hear that it's going to be loud the whole time. too. Uh, so let's uh, let's introduce our panel. These are Woo! some of your favorite voiceover artists ever, voice actors. They are responsible for hundreds of your favorite characters. So let's bring them out one by one. Uh, you know him as Yako Warner and Pinky on Animaniacs, Raphael and Donatello on TMNT, Snowjob on G.I. Joe, and Carl Weezer on Jimmy Neutron. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Paulson! <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, you, you know him as the brain on Animaniacs, Kiff Croker on Futurama, Egon Spangler on The Real Ghostbusters, Dizzy yeah. Devil on Tiny Toon Adventures, Maurice LaMarche! <laughs> Uh, next up, you know her as Timmy Turner on The Fairly Odd Parents, Dill Pickles on Rugrats, Bubbles on The Powerpuff Girls, and Batgirl on The New Batman Adventures, Tara Strong! <laughs> right there, that would be enough panel, but oh no, there's more. Next up, uh, you know her as Penny on Inspector Gadget, Elmira Duff on Tiny Toon Adventures, Susie Carmichael on Rugrats, and Foxy Love on Drawn Together, Cree Summer! Yeah. And finally, he's the voice of Hermes Conrad on Futurama, Samurai Jack on Samurai Jack, Green Lantern on Justice League Unlimited, and my favorite, Woody on the animated Mr. T Show. <laughs> Phil Lamar! 
God, people showed up. They love you, baby. Okay, go. Just go. Just go. I'm going to get this baby a drink. Boom. I love that character. This is is on, right? By the way, before we begin, do you know that Maurice LaMarche just a couple of days ago won his second in in a row, his second... No, no, no. No, no, no. Bruce Willis is so mad. <laughs> no, no, no. Your money's no good around here, Brian. <laughs> no. Buy yourself oh, a little Blaine. something nice, Pinky, like an IQ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh. So actually, we are right now up against the Emmys. They are yeah. happening currently across town. And they're using all the air conditioning for that. They are. <laughs> actually, they're not. Supposedly, it is 125 on the red carpet. And people are passing people are out. Passing out. Wow. People are passing out. Anybody good? Oh Acting is dangerous. <laughs> jo- is Joan Rivers melting on this? Yeah. Things look are like dripping. the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? I lie! You look horrible! <laughs> Aaron Paul's probably walking around with a ham mister going, Misters, bitch! And he's good. So, uh, yeah, so thank you guys for coming here when you could We're be so there. We're so excited. Thank you for having us. Uh, so you guys have so much amazing work, and uh, it would make I know sense where you're to, going to talk this. about that, but... Uh, Let's skip since, but instead, <laughs> We'll just skip yeah. all that. Uh, my favorite show, unfortunately, is not eligible for the Emmys this year because it's yeah. brand new. But next year, you guys... We just got to get this out of the way up top. Yeah, because this is a powerhouse of production. It is a show called OSIT. It is it's an, a real show. It's a real show. It's oh, an extreme... OSIT. OSIT. You're supposed S-I-T? to think it's the other thing. Right, because yeah. <laughs> they're edgy. It's a show of extreme musical chairs... Really? I'm not it's kidding. Real. Uh, it is hosted by Jamie yeah, Kennedy Jamie. and Jesse Krushank. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Wait, that needs two hosts. It needs two hosts. Needs two hosts. One of them to pull the chair out. Right. right. But at the end, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Brian Dunkelman, Batman. That's right. <laughs> but it's set up. It's set up like Double Dare. There's like a massive like obstacle course they're running through, and then it's some, there's a live band playing really crappy band. music. It's like, and then all of yeah. a sudden they stop and a horn goes off and everybody has to scramble for the middle of the people arena. People fall? Have you watched it in real life? Oh, yeah. I accidentally did and people are falling. <gasps> Phil went to Phil watch it. Phil is too it. sad he about that. He went to get the pregnant lady. So this show, what does it have to do with me? Or any of us, really. Having won two Emmys, I barely got my head in the door today. It's the new egotistical Mo, which is different from the old egotistical Mo house, says Phil Lamar. More Emmys. That's how it's different. There you go. Exactly right. So it sounds like a cool show. It's really. With Jamie Kennedy, it's got to be. It's really great. You guys should go check it it out. I hope he talks black during it. Okay, yo, now you're going to sit. <laughs> oh, sit. Ow. Can you say that at every commercial break? Yeah, I think it's... Oh, sit. sit. We'll be right back. Aw, <laughs> oh, damn, chairs be straight tripping. Oh. Uh, no, it's a pretty great show. For sure, for reals. Look it up. Uh, let's get off of that, shall we? <laughs> Enough of that. Well, let's, let's talk a bit about your guys' stuff. I think it's time. I think it's time. We spent a good four minutes on Oh, Sit. <laughs> So, uh, all of you guys have done so much amazing stuff. Uh, and, <laughs> and all of us have done some really shitty stuff. Too. Yeah. We're going to focus on that, actually. <laughs> Mr. T! So, so, my question is for each of you, what was your, what was your very first voice acting gig? All at once. 
Well, since since I think I'm the oldest here. Uh, no, you're not, son. No, I'm sorry. You're right. You're, you 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 have you have a couple. Years I got the on patent me. on fire. That's right. <laughs> My very very first thing ever in voiceover was a Canadian cartoon, so it doesn't count. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. IMDb like won't My put, Little won't Pony, that. that doesn't count. Oh, right. You know, yeah. we're, you're represented. Oh, yeah. We have, we have three Canadian expats right hey. here. Front row. We are La Migra! La Migra! We, we are the penalty box in a Montreal Canadiens game here, eh? Tabernacle is. Okay, very first thing I ever did was a Canadian cartoon for Nelvana Films called Easter Fever. Um, <laughs> it starred Garrett Morris as the Easter Bunny, and it was a roast. Of the Easter Bunny. A literal roast? A literal... No, Put, <laughs> one episode only. <laughs> it, was, it was a Dean Martin-style roast. And Catherine O'Hara was in it. Wow. And uh, um, uh, uh, Eugene Levy did a voice in it. I mean, this was when they were, they were all still in Toronto, and I was like this new guy at Yuck Yuck's Comedy Club. And, and, they and was the, Garrett Morris the name? No, Garrett Morris was the yeah. He was the name. He was the name attached to it. He, but it was in the height of Saturday Night Live, wow. and so I played like uh, Don Rickles as a rattlesnake. Don rattles. Steve Martin as a horse. Steed Martin. Um, <laughs> Steve. I played like five characters, and they paid me for three. Um, <laughs> but it was the most money I had ever seen for doing anything like that, and, and was like. You know, uh, that was my introduction to this wacky cartoon thing. Did you actually do a Steve Martin impression? I did. Do Go ahead. I, I can't remember how now. Is it? Well, you saw my Alan Rickman. I think we have a low bar that we can all jump over. <laughs> yep. The lowest We are two wild and crazy guys. That was it. That was what I did. Excuse me. I can't remember. They, they horsified the lines, you know, to make them... Horsier, so right. that it was like a Steve Martin, Steve Martin kind of thing. But I mean, that's that's all I did, and I did the, the you know the the Don Rick. You gotta be a Jew, lady. You only want to hear a stole on it's hundred five for crying out loud. You're the Jew and Old Beaver and Heat. Anyway, gang, and that was my that was my Steve Martin. Uh, had they uh, found Don you Rickles. doing comedy or what? Had, had they found you doing comedy? Yeah, or? they found me down at Yuck Yuck's Comedy Club oh, that's in Toronto. Awesome. Yeah, and they just said, "Oh, he does impressions. Let's get him." We've got some animals. He's, he's brand new. We can we can char- make him work for five and only. For three, he doesn't know anything. He's 19. So, anyway, so that was that two Emmys later, my, and then it would be like top. it would be like uh, yeah, about seven years before I did another voiceover oh, and wow. down here, and then that was Inspector Gadget. That was the first nice. Thing. I was the chief on Inspector Gadget and and one of the henchmen. So, but not on Cree's Inspector Gadget. The next season, were you paid for both roles? I was paid for both roles, yes. I got to America right. where people know how to pay an actor, <laughs> goddammit. And now you're doing a podcast in a sauna. That's right. So. Things are looking up. I've come full circle, half a time. <laughs> so, uh, ooh, Another, let's go, go let's do the Canadians first. Let's do all first. the, yeah. Yeah. What was your first gig? What was your first voiceover? My first job, I got you beat. I was 13. (gasps) And it was Hello Kitty with Miss Cree Summer here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we did my very first job together. And I was the good girl, and she was the bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. You also, didn't you used to ride on the back of Cree's motorcycle, right? Yeah. (gasps) And I bet we could still do it. In about, in about five months. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Hello Kitty's Furry Town Theater is proud to present The Wizard of Paws. Stop it, Kitty! <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it anymore! 
You've and that was it. probably like 14. <laughs> and I already had this like really, you know, <laughs> raunchy whiskey voice. Well, you've been smoking a lot. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> no. But I was, uh, that was my first time meeting Tara. And oh. uh, we've been working together ever since. And the first job I did, I was 12 years old. And it was the first Inspector Gadget. And I played Penny. And, um... I, yeah, good enough for that. Following brain, they look suspicious. Inspector Gadget, are you all right? And um, my father played Dr. Claw. His <gasps> name uh, is Don Franks. Whoa. And um, it was complete nepotism at the time. You know, he said, why don't you check out my daughter? And I was just blessed enough to get the job and keep keep working. But wait a minute. How was that nepotism when you're in every episode and he just shows up like <laughs> Well, I didn't say who it was for. <laughs> I helped out the you old man. That's for your dad. Right. I did what I could for the man, yeah. That's but he right. still does a lot of voiceover work in Canada. That's awesome. Your dad is like the Orson Welles of Canada. I mean, yeah. He's got <laughs> deep, deep, deep voice. Yeah, rich voice. And he was, he was in... Uh, 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 no, not the, the Finian's Rainbow. Finian's Rainbow. Finian's Rainbow. Oh, yeah. Rainbow. He, he did the Woody. first recording of, of uh, Old Devil Moon. Old Devil Moon. And that's version. where he met my mother, who was a dancer in the chorus. Whoa. And Go on, stunning. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> she got him, yeah. Go, girl. <laughs> yes. Hey, guys. I hate to interrupt this amazing podcast, but I promise you it will be back soon, and there's even better stuff to come. I just wanted to tell you a little something about Bonobos. Um, there are awesome sponsor, great looking clothes for boys. I make my boy wear them. Cole wears their clothes all the time and he looks really good. And for his birthday, that was his whole wish list. So <laughs> Cole's a big supporter. Um, but they have a really cool thing that we haven't actually talked about on the show yet. And they're called guide shops and there's three of them. So for all of our listeners in either New York city, Boston or Palo Alto, you can go and find out how to look good in person. Um, a guide shop is just a place that you go, you make an appointment, and a personal shopper is going to help you find what works for you. They're going to put outfits on you and make it all work, and then they'll ship you whatever you like. So there's no pressure to buy, but you can show up, and you're going to look really good. And I heard on a blog that they give you beer, but I can't vouch for that. Uh, so if you live in one of those cities, you should definitely go buy a guide shop or girls drag your boyfriend to a guide shop or somebody drag your dopey dad into one and he will come out a hot new man with a lease on life. And new customers, when you go in there, use the code POPMYCULTURE and they will give you 20% off your order. Woo! They are so nice to us. And now I'm going to be nice to you and take you back to the show. In the back. Uh, my very first job, actually my first professional job of any kind, was uh, the one uh, Cole referenced when it came out, the Mr. T cartoon. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, for NBC. It wasn't, it wasn't Hanna-Barbera. You know, Hanna-Barbera was known for cutting costs by using the uh, same backgrounds over and over again. This was done by Ruby Spears, which was the cheaper version of Hanna-Barbera. I, w- I was... The premise of the show was Mr. T was the coach of a traveling gymnastics team. Of course. That... Rode in a bus uh, solving mysteries. It's the yep. story we'd all been wanting to hear, oh you know? Yeah. I want to see you do the splits again. Do the splits again. Put on that leotard and do the splits again. <laughs> and he would do like these live so action sort of like intros. Scooby Oksana Bayou is what you're saying. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Come on. They were making a movie for, I mean, making a Traveling series gymnastics for, for Mr. Right. T. Right. There wasn't a lot meet? of thought going Did into this. Did you meet Mr. T? No. No, oh. we recorded it for three seasons. The first season... They told us, well, Mr. T's a little, you know, nervous about his reading skills. So he doesn't want to read in front of the kids because he wants to, you know. 
And then the second season, like, he's so busy. We, we have to fly to wherever he is to get him to record. And by the third season, nobody asked. <laughs> if you ever, if you could track the episodes down, they're hilarious. And uh, really? Mr. T will do these, like, live-action intros before they kick to the cartoons. And one of them that's out there, he comes in and he goes, Hi, I'm Mr. T. First name, Mr. Middle name, that period thingy. Last name, T. <laughs> Genius. And after that, you're on board. It doesn't yeah. matter what happens. No, the only line I remember that remember from that is uh, finding my character Woody found a clue. G A O L. That's how they spelled jail in the old days. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. We actually have the writer the here man. tonight. If they could stand up. <laughs> Um, my uh, first foray into the first the job you ever read. First yes, job I read was retrieving all the phlegm from Winston Churchill's body. <laughs> no, uh, was the first gig I had voice-wise was uh, uh, GI Joe. Um, Joe. Yep, the, the the original yeah GI Joe. Then I think I played a character named Snow Job. That's right. <laughs> Which no I always job. thought Which wasn't dirty back then It wasn't dirty back then Which I thought I thought was a little disconcerting Because any of you Who may have seen the show Recall that Snow Job Was a uh, he, he was a uh, uh, um, An alpine uh, Soldier and the, You know So that he was Had skis And a white parka And we, yeah It looked really cool And so Because he had white on He would blend in With the snow like Except a snow that he had job. a bright red beard. Yeah, bright so he's going, beard. shoot for the beard. You know, just aim at the beard. Ain't no big thing. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty stupid. But yeah, that was my first, uh, that was my first, vo- that and uh, Transformers, like in the first week or so. Wow. But Whoa. yeah, that was, gosh, 1983, 84, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that right? 85? No, wait. When, what year was yours? Because mine was 83. 83 Transformers? Oh, yeah, you're Mr. T? I'm just trying to see if I'm the first. (laughs) (laughs) 1979. Hey! Sorry, you're ahead of me, buddy. You're ahead of me. So, yeah, that was my first. uh, first But I'm also dying first (laughs) on this stage, so. We'll give it to you. All right, that was the one. So, when you guys get hired to do a role, what's the process like for kind of determining the voice of the character? I mean, I'm sure it's different per project, but... Look at picture, open mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 never, I never get casting a cartoon show without a, a model sheet. And a few people do that. And I, I know that, you know, they want to concentrate on character. And a lot of cartoons now are very writer-driven. And so just concentrate on what the words tell you. But if you show me a, a picture of the guy, somehow... I, don't, I know you, you work like this too, Rob. Yeah. And, and Phil, it sounds like... You know, I, in, I begin to inhabit the guy, you know, mm-hmm. if based, based on whether he's short, tall, fat, skinny. Uh, does he look you're, starting to move like, you're starting to move like Bill Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very much I love the, the words and the model sheet and, yeah. and just try to climb inside the guy as it were. Does anybody else ever do this thing? Because, like, sometimes they will give you a paragraph of description yeah. of a character. Like, Ron is a very calm, mature dad. Yeah. And will you, do, will you read those things? I'll, sometimes I'll read the description yeah. the way it's described. It's like, right. Ron is a very calm, <laughs> mature, <laughs> respectable... And uh, yeah, yeah. try to find a... Right, try to kind of... And then what I generally do is if I, if I can see something, um, certain characters lend themselves 
more than others. If I see that the, that the physical, or sorry, the, the, the sort of 2D drawing that Maurice was talking about of the character has a, a, a physicality about them that I can tweak um, and use that hackneyed actor phrase, make it sort of an organic choice, then I try to do that. Um, I know, I remember that, you know, because Pinky had an overbite, I thought it might be interesting to dif- have difficulty pr- pronouncing his R's, and so mm-hmm. I... Oh, about to beat the living Christ out of me. Oh, Pinky. Get yourself, get yourself, get yourself. <laughs> I love you so much, Elmira. Okay. Even though you kill me. <laughs> Cross your arms, we're playing funeral. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I try to I'm find... I'm going them. to have to come over there and hurt you both. <laughs> oh, boy, me. You too. I'll read the foolagy. <laughs> I love Elmira. The character's so great. You, when Cree and I were talking on the podcast a couple weeks ago, she reminded me that Elmira has a, a skull, right? On her little bow, yeah. That In was the my bow. telltale sign. I love that. That was Ooh. like when you were talking about looking at, you know, what informs the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing you saw that right away, of Elmira, and I zeroed in on the skull and her bow, and I said, "This chick is crazy, right?" <laughs> and I, that's when I immediately I thought, because it said she's cutesy, and I thought, "Yeah, but she's got to be cutesy, edge. crazy, yeah. because no little you know baby's got a bow with a skull." So I lit that in for me to make her just really outside, you know. And I came in with that read, just oh. making her oh, you... bonkers. Was she basically what she became in your first read? Yes, that's yep. how she started. Well, that's how I brought it in. Yeah. And I also remember going home saying, I definitely didn't get this part. Really? Yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes you just do something. No, if you go in and you go, that is so mine. No, never. <laughs> no. If you think you got it, you didn't. But, you know, sometimes you do make a, a large choice or an outside choice. And it doesn't always make you leave with confidence. Right. You think, yeah. oh, I really went too far this time. Have you, you ever know. had a people approach you, like casting directors? Because you've all done such distinct characters. Do people want you to like hone in on a particular character for a new role? Like they want you to kind of rehash something? Actually, and they you want to... you to do the opposite. They'll oh, really? say, this sounds too much like Max mm. or Foxy or yeah. something, and you got to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard both. Like I've had people, oh, can you do Timmy from the Fairly Odd Parents here? I'm like, did you just yeah. hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, who lives with the Fairly Odd Parents, like... <laughs> No, he already exists, and <laughs> most of us are pretty conscientious about tweaking it just a little, right. as much as we can. I mean, a lot of us do a lot of the same type of character, mm-hmm. and so you just want to give it a little spin so it's not exactly like what yeah, you've you done already. To, right. You have yeah. to. But I think that's also, excuse me, I was just going to say that, I think that's the stock and trade of, of most of us. I mean, the thing that, that happens a lot is um, when you find out that an actress or an actor does completely opposite ends of the spectrum characters. Philly is one of those. I mean, you know, uh, Raven and Bubbles right. out of the same skull. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just... And the same with, like, Jim Cummings does Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and the Tasmanian Devil. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And um, so I think that... Uh, I, I, I think that tends to be all of our stock and trade. There are very few of us who are lucky enough to be, like, the late great... Lorenzo Music, who does one thing, like Kentucky Fried Chicken, but does it better than anybody, and, and, and is able to make you know a really substantial living on that. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, Phil, I mean to interrupt you, but I just... No, no, no. I was just going to say that sometimes if you have too signature a read, mm-hmm. it can come back to bite you. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone loves it for, you know, that, 
you know, one to four year period. Like, oh, we got it. And I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) You're overexposed. Oh, that's that's the truth. I've actually heard producers in, in, in passing say things like, you know, we love Welker, but he, we just use him all the time. Now, that's Frank, who is the wow. best of us, yeah. right? And, and he even told me once, he said, Robbie, you're going to go through a period where you will be, the good news is they will use you all the time. The bad news is they're going to say it's, you know, we use Rob all the time. And it's a, it's a left-handed compliment because they're, like, you just went over and read at Nickelodeon last yeah. week. And that's exactly the way it should be. There should be new people coming in. But the trick then for all of us who are of a certain age, as I said, I hold the, <laughs> the patent for fire, but, I, but the... Um, no, the trick then is to continually reinvent ourselves, to continually say, I'm not going to rest on the second Emmy I've won in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't. That's, what, that's why he won another Emmy. Because right. more, because, and Phil, my God, when I had Phil on, on my podcast a while back, we got, he said, I'm, at the end of the tonight, I'm going to, he's going to teach and work out at, at the Groundlings. So, I mean, it, it's something that all of us always do to continue yeah. to, to keep it going because... The competition is what it, it, sh- it that's the way it should be. You well, know? do you guys each have things that keep you on your toes like that? I know you do a lot of improv and sketch and other projects like that. Do you all have something that's kind of fun to tap into? Or does your work just keep you fresh? Well, well, our cre- work certainly does yeah. that. I mean, we get to yeah. play so many different roles. And yeah. I feel like we keep our chops sharp all the time, right. every yeah. day. And not just the roles that we do, but within those sessions, we'll do up to three characters, sometimes more. Oh, just give us a cheerleader. Just give us an old lady. Just give us this. And we're constantly tapping into characters that most on-camera celebrities will never have the opportunity to do. Yeah. And we love what we do. It's Man. so much fun. Those incidental characters are such a delight. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You come in to do one character and you leave with oh. four. And on those incidentals, you really get to play and get... And Tara's right. That is your exercise. Yeah. And it's on right. a dime, too. It's not like you're at home preparing you know, the director just says, give me this. And you do have to call it up. But that's the fun of this job. Right. It's well, creative. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's why so many folks, you know, like Philly, it's really solid improv people yourself, right. people like that. It's a very important skill. And I've had, I've had more than, I can't even remember the number of times that I'll be with any of these people and they'll throw in any one of them a curve and say, hey, there's this uh, guy that comes in, he's got four lines, and then Phil does something that ends up being a, recurring character you never know when mm. that's when that opportunity is teed up for you and you do something that just they go wow and that's the plus it's it's just a hell of a lot of fun yeah you know <laughs> my challenge is always to, if to try to make rob laugh it's hard <laughs> that's really let's come up with something you know what stone over there talk like magic johnson that will make you laugh. <laughs> we are so happy to be here sheila play them drums <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think Rob made a good point with it. You know, it is nice to open up the door for some new voice talent, which is why we are going to showcase Ooh. Alan Rickman right oh, now. Nobody oh. told me. You okay. guys, close your eyes. Wait till you hear this. Kid. Close okay. your eyes. Okay. This picture. I feel ready. I you do won't feel ready. Fantastic British hearing. character actor Alan Rickman. All right, he is go. about to enter the room. Just close your eyes and go on a journey. Ready? I feel ready. Cole, you should have warned me. Um, I know. Okay. I know. I would have had a lozenge, but I'm ready. Um, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Boom! <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, stop. No, no, no. Okay. Give that woman a Canadian cartoon series. <laughs> 
Who knew Alan Rickman had such a great set of pins? <laughs> that was Thank the most you, tentative Paul. applause I've ever heard. No, everyone's like, is this okay? It's okay. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for stunned silence and then a slow clap from somebody. <laughs> Maybe later. We'll do it again like, in a few minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep bringing it back. That would be great. So, Rob, uh, yeah. y- you have the distinction of being the only person ever to do two different Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle voices. Woo! Thank you. Less tentative. I'm telling you, I, yeah, I, I have been doing, I did Raphael uh, forever, years and years ago, and, and next week, next Saturday, the uh, new TMNT uh, premieres yes. on Nickelodeon next Saturday at 11 o'clock, and Baxter Stockman. Phil is Baxter Stockman. Yes. Have you seen the, have you seen the drawings? No. They made him look like uh, Superman 3 era Richard Pryor. Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's pretty kidding. accurate. It's amazing. <laughs> Lucky guy. What does he sound like? The name, it's Stockman. Baxter Stockman. Yeah. There you go. Kinda, Not unlike Alan Rickman. Yeah, kind of Alan Rickman-y. But, yeah. Well, the, but, funny, the funny thing is, this is sort of like a personal challenge for me. Sometimes I... <laughs> Because a lot of times you get a character that is specifically written a certain ethnicity, and sometimes you don't. And Stockman wasn't. Yeah. And every once in a while you get like an incidental character, and I will try to make a voice so white mm-hmm. that they can't possibly animate it black. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had done it this time. <laughs> no. They got Apparently you. not. <laughs> it... <laughs> But I'm telling you, man, it, it is, uh, it's in a hell of a, um, a ride to get a second bite at that apple because yeah. it's just, it, it really, uh, it, it's amazing to and me. And the cast is great. Oh, my God. Kevin Michael Richardson cast. is uh, Shredder. Yep. Mae Whitman is April O'Neil. Uh-huh. Um, Jason, I, opened my, I only opened my mouth to change feet. Biggs <laughs> is uh, Leonardo. Sean Astin is now Raphael, um, who is... A lovely you just guy. give them a lot of pointers? <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, they did that co- at Comic-Con. It was kind of cute. We had an enormous panel at Comic-Con, as you can imagine. And they, they introduced all of us, and we sat down. And, and uh, they said, and Sean Astin is now the voice of Raphael. Sean, can you tell us a little about Raphael? And I looked at him. I said, yeah, fill me in on Raphael. <laughs> He's delightful. And, and uh, Greg Sipes, I'm telling you, Beast Boy from uh, Teen Titans, I'm telling you, if there's ever anybody who is, metic- who is perfectly cast as Michelangelo, it's Greg frickin' Sipes. He's perfect. A- a- amazing. And, you know, Philly is Baxter Stockman, and uh, Nolan North is uh, uh, playing the Krang. And, um, so it's, uh, and Peter Hastings, who was um, one of the story editors and producers on Pinky and the Brain, is now one of the executive producers on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool mix of some interesting... It's a little darker than the original one. It's pretty cool. It's got some very cool action sequences and, and an, an interesting mix of comedy because of Peter. Yeah. So it's nice. pretty cool. Awesome. You guys have all done a bunch of cons. I'm sure you do them all the time. I'm doing one right now. I'm <laughs> conning you into thinking that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> it's working! Do you feel like you have a character each that's like really resonated with people that's what they want to hear you do? Is there one thing that's always begged for? If so, what is it? Tara. (laughs) Tara. I have to say, I mean, I've been so lucky that like so many of my characters have been legacy characters like Batgirl and Raven and Harley and the Powerpuff Girls and Dill Pickles. And I've never seen a fan base like My Little Pony. I'm just. Oh, isn't that the. Do we have any bronies here tonight? Bronies. 
they're just hilarious and supportive and creative, and they've and given way over. Way too old. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say is, and they've raised over $60,000 for a little girl with a brain tumor. And, awesome. Awesome. Great. And so I, I've been meeting a lot of them at cons, and they're just, I've never seen a more, I, they're just so hilarious and amazing and fun, and I love the bronies. They're what do you feel like is really resonating with people? Well, I think it's, Lauren Faust is the one that designed this particular um, My Little Pony, who of course worked on uh, Powerpuff Girls and Foster's Home, and she did not create a show for little girls. She created a show that everybody could watch, and I mean, like the Big Lebowski's animated in the background, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of adult humor and throwbacks, and the art design is just beautiful. When she first came to my house to say, "Would you do this pitch for me?" I like that she came to your house. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, and she You're had all these okay. amazing drawings that I was just like. She's just such a visionary, and that's why it's got an adult fan base, and people just love it everywhere, and it makes people feel good, and I hear a lot of guys saying, I was so depressed till I had this, and it makes me feel good, and if it's making people feel good, there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, did you see right up front? Look at the the brunt, look at the stuff right up here. Doctor Who. Whoa, a Doctor Who pony. Oh wow. What does it What does it say? Doctor Hooves. Yeah. I told you adult humor. See, it is. Adult humor. It's great. It's amazing what stuff comes back and and reinvents itself and becomes a big thing. Because being a child of the '80s, like. I didn't have my little pony. I had pound puppies. That's a boy. <laughs> That's back too. That's back too. I'm on the new pound and, puppies. And there you go. And yeah. then now it's like making yeah, the thing back around. Yeah. Awesome. Um, anybody else that you get stuff a lot at the cons? Henchman number two from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Not Steed Martin. No, not, not Steed Martin. Steed Martin. Don Rattles. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, you know, the thing that's happening now is that, that the kids, the little kids who watched Pinky and the Brain in uh, the early 90s are now, you know, young adults, and, uh, and some of them are serving in our military, and, uh. and Rob Paulson and I are going to, but Rob has already made one visit to Reed, uh, to Walter Reed. Uh, I couldn't go that weekend, but we're, we're going to go off to um, Kosovo. Kosovo and Germany to entertain wow. the troops, because those, awesome. our soldiers are the little kids. So Pinky and the Brain... Pinky in the Brain resonates at the cons, and Futurama's, you know, totally, pretty yeah. hot yeah. right now. So we get some good Futurama attention there, and I, you know, I get I get to do <laughs> Lieutenant Kiff Croker and Morbo the Newscaster and Calculon <laughs> the Star of All My Circuits, and you know, so they, they, you know, if I riff on those guys, and of course. Hermes Conrad himself is right here. You can't do the voice unless you fill out the proper paperwork. <laughs> See, Fox is going to be on my ass. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, He's so happy. So that's what makes people so happy. I mean, if I do this, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Philly does a couple of lines. Say, um, Brain, say something to the nice people, will you, please? Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? <laughs> I think so, Brain, but culottes have a tendency to ride up on me. <laughs> but it's just so... Yeah, I know. I, it, but it's just, so, it's just so lovely to have anything in your wheelhouse that... And Mo was remarking about the soldiers. I was back at... Uh, like Mo said, Becky's visiting with some of them a couple of weeks ago, and 
the last place that we hung out was at the uh, USO facility at Arlington National Cemetery. And it was with the honor guard. And of course, their job is to, to, to provide a certain measure of respect and dignity. The last thing that these people, moms and dads and loved ones, see of their, of their you know, kids often. And we walked in there, and there were 15, probably 19 to 28-year-olds, and they were all watching Adventure Time. <laughs> all of them. All of them. And, and, and as soon as I walked in, and you know, we started talking, and I said, well, hey, God, look over you handsome men. Nerve. You know? <laughs> they freaked out. This one guy goes, hang on a second, sir. And he goes running back to his barracks, and he comes back with a pinky-in-the-brain Christmas stocking. Oh, my God. He, says, he had the, it in his, in his barracks? In his barracks, yeah. And he wow. says, is the, is the brain coming too, sir? And I said, <laughs> no, he's not. He's breathing hard, but he's not really coming. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. It's an old shrapnel injury. <laughs> but no, the point is that, that these folks are all in. When you, when you get to a place like all of us who have been lucky enough to do this work for a certain number of years... You, you run into people, and whether it's the ponies or the turtles or Futurama or whatever, it's just... Whatever it's animal. Yeah, it's just such a, <laughs> an a enormous mice. thrill, you know, really. Well, let's, let's do first, shall okay, we? Yeah. We do this every podcast, a different first in life. Uh, for episode 93, I can't believe we're at 93. You keep thinking of questions. I'm I so know, proud right? of you. Uh, well, we'll this just start pretty re- apt. reusing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nobody's going to download them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. was, so this is for everybody. What was the first impression you ever did, and was it any good? Oh. You, my first impression was, uh, was actually, uh, I, anybody here remember the show Columbo? Yeah. yeah. So it had just been on, the, the, the premiere episode had just been on the night before, 19, <laughs> I think it was 1971 or 72. And, uh, and I go out to, you know, I'm in junior high school, and I'm, 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 I'm a... A geek and a nerd and a wallflower and you nobody. Have to take off your glasses. I will. Okay. Okay. So, um, so Mr. Fraser, the math teacher, is there, and all the girls love him because he's handsome and he's got a great head of hair and he's funny. And so he's doing this really bad impression of this show he's watched last night called Columbo. And I, I look, I, I see, you know, these girls just like looking at Mr. Fraser while he does these impressions. And I walked up to him and I just. Did this. Watch it. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, Mr. Fraser, there's been a murder here. You're murdering a Peter Falk impression, sir. <laughs> so at 14 uh, years old, I discovered the one thing I do really well in life. <laughs> and so, yes, it, the first impression I ever did came out did great. Did it work with the ladies? Yeah, they kind of turned and were like... <laughs> so, it you know, Susan St. James, oddly enough. Yeah, they, uh, Different uh, show. Yeah, I'll rock Hudson action. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was my first, the very first impression I ever did. But, you know, I remember awesome. watching you when you did that um, uh, Fuji... Videotape commercial. Videotape commercial. Because was that after the Young Comedian special with Ronnie? Just Dee? after the Young Comedian. Oh my God! He did like he did like eight impressions in that thirty-second yeah, spot. Thirty-second right? spot, eight or eight or eleven. Incredible! Or wow! It's, it's not just the impressions. But I was like a human channel changer. That was the joke. Was that you know put the good stuff on the good stuff? Was like you know the idea was that I'm like a human videotape in the spots. Mm-hmm. They're fun spots. You can see. I think there's one spot on YouTube you can see. I weigh hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> 
You won't recognize me. <laughs> but it's astonishing. It oh, really is. Well, it's also the fact that the ones that he does, like uh, there was an episode of Futurama, uh, it was the war episode, right? And his Alan Alda, like who do you know who does Alan Alda? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really hadn't done Alan like, Alda until I mean, then. most people would think, well, I wouldn't even know an Alan Alda impression until you hear Maurice. Maurice did. Oh, my God. It's like my mom left mash on in the other room. Jesoidberg, yeah. <laughs> leave some for the enemy to kill. Or as hell. Right? Spectacular. Who does that? Well, you know, you guys have seen Ed Wood, right? Where Vince D'Onofrio is, is uh, Orson Welles. Yes. Maurice is, is, the, is Orson's voice all through the entire movie. I dubbed it because Vince oh, wow. D'Onofrio chose to do a, a high-pitched voice, which was very strange. Yeah. Look, they lit him perfectly, and he had all the mannerisms down. He, he even you know, pursed his lips the way Orson would before taking a puff on his cigar. He was perfect. And then he was like, how do you do? I'm Orson Welles. That was what was in the dailies that I got. Sounds like Alan Rickman. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Pretty dead on. Ho, ho, ho. No, no, that's my I style. have the machine gun now, Mr. Cowboy. Oh, anyway. No. <laughs> but he doesn't... How did I do that? <laughs> no. Um, doesn't have nearly the pins that you have, though, baby. So, yeah, I don't I'll have take what I can get, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, just one of those weird things. Ladies, do you remember yours? Well, I do remember being very little and doing um, a ton of mimicry of accents and singers. I was crazy for The Little Mermaid, which is why I was so excited to book the sequel and sing with her. I burst into tears when I met her. She was like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my first, like, paid impression was Rosie Perez. (gasps) It's so good. You gotta hear it. Go ahead. Did you guys see White Man Can't Jump? Yeah. my first page impression. Awesome. It's worth the money. It's good. <laughs> Excellent. Do you remember one? Do I remember one? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really do impressions, but I think, you know, every now and then I do an Eartha kit. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, but that's it. Marcus, darling, you know. But that's... The sad thing is you were probably doing that when you were 10. <laughs> I sounded to that, so just like Eartha kit. I do a little character on an MTV show called um, Good Vibes. Yep. And she's... Uh, uh, Polynesian Eartha Kitt. Perfect. Which is nice. <laughs> very bizarre. Awesome. Philly? Fill her up. Philly, you uh, my, I, I think my first impression was probably in a uh, high school play in 10th grade. They were auditioning, uh, they were doing play to, Woody Allen's Play It Against Sam. Uh, and in the play, the ghost of Bogart appears to the Woody Allen character and you know tells him what he should do to be cool. And I, I beat out all of the older, whiter uh, <laughs> guys to play the part of Humphrey Bogart. Oh. Now listen, kid. That plane, that's, that plane may leave tomorrow. If you're not on it, you'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. And for the rest of your life. Keep that nice. Just use that all the time now. <laughs> he can, it's amazing. Billy's like that, too. Billy does great impressions of kind of obscure people like, uh, like John McLaughlin from the McLaughlin group, you know. Um, Wrong! That guy, that big old... I remember Billy uh, on Icebox.com did Al, uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. And it was unearthly. Well, and you did Alec Baldwin. Averick Rarin. Averick Rarin in... Uh, I know, I wasn't Alec Baldwin, I was 
Eric Brauren <laughs> in, in Team, Team America. America. Right, yeah. that's that was you. One day, you look back on this world as actors helped create and say, "Good going, fag." You really made the world a better place, did you, fag? <laughs> God. Now, Robbie, I would guess your first impression was probably George Takenno. <laughs> yeah. oh, so I want, you, oh I want to hear you do it. <laughs> no, I have a quick story about our friend, Mr. Takai. Takai I, I made an, a, a, faux, a, a faux pas, which I didn't realize. Years ago at Hanna-Barbera, we were doing Johnny Quest, and Mr. Takai was, a, uh, was a, also a guest on the show. And I walked up to him, and I said, wow, Su- fucking Sulu's here, man. This is cool. So I said, I said Mr. Takai. I said, Mr. Takai. <laughs> It is really a pleasure to meet you. I'm a big fan. He said, thank you, young man. What is your name? And I said, oh, my name is Rob, Rob Paulson. He said, thank you, Rob. First of all, it's Decay. <laughs> so then the Flint, Michigan hockey player in me said, oh, you mean like DK? Oh. Like your fucking career! <laughs> but, of course, I didn't. Yeah, but, no, I'm not a real good impression. I mean, especially surrounded by these folks. And when Billy's thrown into the mix and DiMaggio and, yeah. and uh, Frankie, Jesus, Welker, forget oh, Jeff, Jeff Bennett. I mean, it's stupid what they can do. I, I, um, I mean, pretty much all of us do. Chris Walken now. All you got to do is say... Wow. <laughs> so I'm not really a, a good, I'm more of a depressionist. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a depressionist. Yeah. Good. What about you, Vanessa, outside of Eleanor? I mean, that started at a young age, obviously, to get where it is now. Um, <laughs> but I was never very into impressions or anything, but I always made fun of my family. I mean, or not made fun of them, but I have a really southern family, so it was more just like talking like my mom. So you could do that right now, and we had no way to refute whether it's right. good or not. Yeah. You know, I'm going to nail it. Ready? Yep. Yeah. Hey, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> creepy, right? Oh, it's creepy. Damn. <laughs> Excellent. I think, I think for me, it was probably Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Oh, oh good, this is good. Yeah. They do a pretty good show. It's no Alan Erkman. Come on. But, it's time. Okay. Like, okay, Scoop. Zoinks. That was good. Pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty darn yeah. good. Like it's passable. <laughs> yes. Watch out, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> we did. We actually had Lillard on the show like episode eight, and we did a Shaggy off. If you guys want to go back, yeah, he won. By the way, can I tell very quickly? Um, there is. Uh, I have to say this because this is a comedy festival after all, and my date for the evening, and I'm so excited about this. My date for the evening is a comedy legend. <gasps> Who he is? She's in the crowd. Right Ms. Lorraine Newman. Yay! Lorraine is here. Where? Hi, Lorraine. The reason you know, twirl you know, I love the Lorraine Newman. Wake up, Shriners. I love Lorraine Newman. Oh, honey, who doesn't love Lorraine Newman? No, I, I was looking at Lorraine she's all like, through this. And you go, who the fuck that is that? That woman really looks, looks like, like Lorraine Newman. But, I mean, but this is the thing. But to younger. Because <laughs> <laughs> why would Lorraine uh, Newman come here? That's right. <laughs> you look like but Lorraine that, Newman. I want a debt. I want a family debt. I want a house spiked to the ground. <laughs> she could be at the Emmys right now. Yeah. Yeah. Who are Thank you, you wearing, you. Lorraine? Who are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but the reason I was the reason I brought up Ms. Newman, we we know what a legend she is and how incredibly gifted. But uh, when I I set her up a couple months ago and we were talking and I said, you know, with me oh tonight. God. Excuse me, is that you? Um, with me tonight is the uh, lovely blah 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 blah. You know her for the is the, is the lovely and talented Lorraine Bracco. 
And when I threw out Lorraine Bracco, she fucking nailed it. It was, I mean, just like that. It wasn't like she took any time at all. And I never would have thought, I mean, Lorraine Bracco is spec. So she's not only a gifted spe- I know, honey, you're the B-E-S-T. Oh, you did? Well, you were a little. <laughs> so there's 12, 12 years. I don't know. If, how do you spell Jägermeister? I don't know. But no, she was pretty spe- She's amazing. I know a secret about Lorraine Newman. Oh, what? Oh. Tell I, know, it. I know Lorraine Newman's kryptonite. Oh, All you have to do to crack Lorraine. Oh, yes. Lorraine know Newman, this. comedy legend. Well, that was my first uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that That's right, on Future, Uh-oh. I mean on uh, Hysteria. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lorraine Newman is right. a sucker for fart sounds. <laughs> she is. Which is why I started doing that. Just that I just wanted to see Lorraine crack up. If you make a fart sound, Lorraine Newman... In fact, everybody now fart. All, I want 150 of you to fart. Everybody fart. fart. <laughs> and it would play Here's what would happen. I, I, I'll be Lorraine. Not a nearly as easy on the eyes, but I'll be Lorraine. I'm getting ready to read my line and do what we used to do to Lorraine. She says, okay, ready, Lorraine, you're rolling. Today, uh, And then she would just... Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, she's helpless. You she's absolutely helpless. Oh, this is fantastic. It was. That was her kryptonite. Lorraine Newman. Yeah. Give her a hand. So it's it's hard to follow a fart stravaganza, right. but I'm going to try. Yeah. Uh, I made a. I printed out a couple of scenes that I would love it if you guys would read for us in some of your My character goodness. voices. Uh, first up would be just. This is just for Maurice and Rob. I'll hand these off to you. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> your parts are marked. Nice. It's uh, Evan Costello's <laughs> Who's on First Routine that I think would just be perfect for Pinky in the Brain, <clears throat> if you wouldn't mind. All right. <clears throat> so you've got. You've got. Okay, all right, so you... Okay, here we go. Here we go. You ready? It's a twist no spoilers. on a twist. No all right. Okay. <clears throat> Strange as it may seem, they give ball player nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? <laughs> nicknames, nicknames. Now, on the St. Louis team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows on the St. Louis team. <laughs> you. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You know the fellow's names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name on first base. Who? The fellow playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. <laughs> When you pay off the first baseman every month, Pinky, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. And why not? (laughs) And why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. (laughs) So, who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes, after all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Look, all I'm trying to find out is, what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? (laughs) St. Louis has a good outfield. Oh, absolutely. The left fielder's name? Why? (laughs) 
I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me, who's playing left field? Who's playing first? Stay out of the infield. The left fielder's name? <laughs> Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you have a pitcher on this team? Wouldn't this be a fine team without a pitcher? Tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. <laughs> now, when the guy at bat bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out at first base. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> shh, shh, don't get too excited. Take it easy, brain. <sighs> I throw the ball to first base, Whoever it is grabs the ball, so the guy runs to second. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know. I don't know throws it back to tomorrow. A triple play! Yeah, it could be. (laughs) Another guy gets up and it's a long ball to center. Because? Why? I don't know and I don't care. What was that? I said, I don't care. Oh, that's our shortstop. (laughs) And see. Woo! Thank you guys, that was awesome. I've got one more scene, this is for all five of you guys. And I'll preface this with, this is the very opening scene from Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. (laughs) However, it's from his original draft of the script, so some of the names and parts are a little different. And, because it's a very R-rated scene, I went ahead and and replaced some of those words with some of the TV edit appropriate words, which makes it even more ridiculous. (laughs) So... Uh, I, I have never ever seen Reservoir Dogs. I, no, I, I, I think I have been so many years I don't remember yeah. anything. So Cree, you'd be reading the part of Mr. Blue, which doesn't exist in the final thing. But uh, if you could read that as Elmira, that would be awesome. Uh, Phil, Mr. Pink, uh, if you could do that as Hermes Conran, that would be awesome. Rob. Uh, I combined Nice Guy Eddie and Joe, so did those two parts, Nice Guy Eddie and Joe, maybe uh-huh. as, yeah, I don't know. Carl Weezer. Carl <laughs> Okay. All right. I uh, can do that. Uh, Mr. Blonde. I'm thinking maybe Bubbles. Got <laughs> 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 And, and uh, Maurice, uh, Mr. White. And how about uh, William Shatner? <laughs> Are you... Asking me because I created International Talk by William Shatner Day. He did. <laughs> March 22nd, I believe. It is March 22nd. All right, so the basic premise of this scene is they're all sitting around at a diner uh, just shooting the shit. And, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Like a virgin is all about a girl who digs a guy with a big thing. <laughs> the whole song is a metaphor for big things. No, it's not. <laughs> it's about a girl who's very vulnerable, and she's been hurt a few times, and then she meets some guy who's really sensitive. Whoa, 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 tame out, Green Bay. Tell that bullhunk to the tourists. Today, who's the... F- who the funk is Toby? Toby, Toby, think, think, think. It's not about a nice girl who meets a sensitive boy. No, granted, that is what True Blue is about. No argument about that. Which one is True Blue? <laughs> you don't remember True Blue? 
that was a big old hit for Madonna. Shoot, I don't even follow this tops and pop stuff, and I've at least heard a true blue. <laughs> Look, Astro, I didn't say I heard of it. All I said was, how does it go? <laughs> Excuse me for not being the world's biggest Madonna fan. I like her early stuff, you know? Lucky star, borderline. <laughs> but once she got into her Papa Don't Preach face, I don't know, it just tuned out. Hey, forget all that. I am making a point here. You're going to make me lose my train of thought. Oh, foo. Toby's that little China girl. What's that? <laughs> I found this old address book and a jacket. I ain't worn it in a crow's age. Toby, what? What What the heck was her last name? Where was I? You said True Blue was about a night school for the sensitive fella, but like a virgin was a metaphor for big things. <laughs> now, let me tell you what like a virgin is about, okay? It's about some girl who is a regular fun machine, okay? <laughs> I mean, all the time, morning, day, night, afternoon, thing, 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 thing. Whoa, how many things is that? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> then, one day, she meets a John Holmes feather plucker. And it's like, whoa, baby, this feather plucker's like Charles Bronson in The Great Escape. He's digging tunnels. Now she's getting this serious thing action. She feeling something she ain't felt since forever. Chew? Toby, chew? No. And it hurts, okay? It hurts like the first time. The pain is reminding a fast machine what's it like to be a virgin. Hence the title, Like a Virgin. Wrong? Forget you're wrong. I'm right. What the geck do you know about it anyway? You're still listening to Jerry Forget It Veil. Not wrong, Dumbo. Wrong. You know, like the Chinese name. Give me this faulty thing! <laughs> the heck do you think you're doing? Give me my book back! I'm sick of farting hearing it, Joe! <laughs> I'll give it back when we leave! What do you mean? Give it back to me when we leave! I want it now! For the past 15 minutes now, you've just been droning on with names! Toby, Toby, Toby! Toby Wong! Toby Wong! Toby Chung! I, I got Madonna's big thing out of my right ear and Toby, I don't know what, out of my left. <laughs> There's not enough Vicodin in the world, is there? <laughs> what do you care? When you're, as, when you're annoying as heck, I care a lot. Give me my book. You gonna put it away? I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do with it. Well then, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to keep it. Joe, you want me to shoot him for you? <laughs> Shucks! You shoot me in a dream? You better wake up and apologize! <laughs> Here's the check. I'll take care of this, you guys. Why don't you leave the tip? And when I come back, I want my book back. Sorry, it's my book now. <laughs> Blue, shoot this piece of stuff, will you? Okay, everybody, cough up some green for the little lady. Oh, still me. Come on, throw in a buck. Uh-uh, I don't tip. 
<laughs> what do you mean you don't tip? I don't believe in it. You don't, you don't believe in tipping? <laughs> I love this kid. He has a madman, this guy. <laughs> Give me that. She. Don't make enough money, she can quit. <laughs> I don't even know a guy who'd have the balls to say that. So let's get this straight. You never, ever tip? I don't tip because society says I've got to. I tip when somebody deserves a tip. When somebody really puts forth an effort. <laughs> they deserve a little something extra. But this tipping automatically, that... Stuff is for the birds. As far as I'm concerned, they're just doing their job. Our girl was nice. Our girl was nice. Our girl was okay. She didn't do anything special. Well, what's something special? Take you to the kitchen and toot your horn? <laughs> I'd go over 12% for that. <laughs> I ordered coffee. Now, we've been here a long fucking time. (laughs) And she's only filled up my coffee three times when I order coffee. I want it filled six times. (laughs) Why did she too busy? The words too busy shouldn't be in a waitress's vocabulary. Oh, that's me. Excuse me, Mr. Wright, but the last thing you need is another cup of coffee. These ladies aren't starving to death. They make minimum wage. When I worked for minimum wage, I wasn't lucky enough to have a job that society deemed tip-worthy. Now you're getting down to it. It's not just that he's a cheap buckaroo, but it's also he couldn't get a waiter job. You talk like a pissed-off dishwasher. Forget those chumps and their farting tips. So you don't care that they're counting on your tips to live. Do you know what this is? It's the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. These people bust their caboose. This is a hard job. So is working at McDonald's, but you don't feel the need to tip them. They're serving you food. You should tip them, but no. Society says, tip these guys over here, but not those guys over there. That's bull honky. <laughs> oh, they work harder than those kids at McDonald's. Oh, yeah? I don't see them playing friars. These people are taxed on the tips they make. When you stiff them, you cost them money. Forget all that. Hey, I'm sorry the government takes their tips. That's fouled up. But that ain't my fault. It would appear that waitresses are just one of the many groups the government fools around with on a regular basis. You show me a paper that says the government shouldn't do that, I'll sign it. Put it to a vote. I'll vote for it. But what I won't do is play ball. And this non-college bull honky you're telling me, I've got two words for that. Learn to fully type. Because if you're expecting me to help out with the rent, 
you're a... Because if you're expecting me to help out with the rent, you're in for a big fucking surprise. <laughs> you know what? He's convinced me. Give me my dollar back. That's it. <laughs> There we go. I said... You said a bad word. It said farting. I don't say farting. You say farting. I say fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, guys. That was awesome. Uh, All right. We're going to do something now called Hot Seat. I'm going to interview one of each of your characters uh, with some rapid-fire questions. So, fire back. First up, I'd like to talk to Foxy Love. Uh, Hi, Oh my goodness. How you doing, baby? Hey, Foxy. Hey. Um, hey. Uh, uh, Sounds so black. What you, uh, <laughs> what you need? Uh, first off, chocolate or vanilla? What you think? <laughs> I'm going to let you answer that in the back. Here <laughs> 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 you. Here you. Wow. Jump back. Got to kiss myself. <laughs> uh, your, uh, your favorite jam to get down to? Oh, my favorite jam to get down to would be the theme from Star Wars when I'm doing it to Lando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, your favorite word? Hmm. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already know the answer to this one. Star Wars or Star Trek? (laughs) Lightsaber, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, if you could do a duet with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, Lord. That would have to be Princess Clara. (laughs) You know? I got some mayonnaise, mama, on my licking hole. And it's only just begun. It's really quite thrilling. Damn, where'd this bitch get her earrings? I never dreamed I would be so willing to let myself go. <laughs> this black cheek tongue. <laughs> that was a duet that we did. In the shower. I never had so much fun as with this black chick's tongue. Good thing you took all the curse words out of that last one. Yeah, good thing. Good thing. Good thing. Uh, Next up. Straight to the Library of Congress. (laughs) Next up, uh, Kiff Croker. From Futurama. Oh my, uh, goodness gracious, I'm so nervous all of a sudden. Yes, of course, I'll do anything to please. Uh, Kiff, uh, what's your favorite board game? Oh my goodness, it's um, I, 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 there's a new board game out from Milton Bradley called Kill Captain Brannigan. <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, boxers or briefs? Well, I'm, I'm actually constructed of a series of bladders, so I just like to wear a hollowed-out bladder over everything. Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Row Pop? <laughs> I was going to refer to my friend. I know that one. Uh, cats or dogs? How did you know? And finally, uh, what's your favorite phone app? My favorite phone app? 
Kill Captain Brannigan. <laughs> Thank you, Kip. To the game. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Timmy Turner. From Fairly yes. Odd Parents. Uh, what's your favorite cereal? Uh, oh, crap. Uh, not that one. I wish I had some blueberry and frankenberry. I like that stuff. Nice. Uh, would you rather hang out with a crimson chin for a day or be given $100,000? I wish I could have $100,000 and hang out with a crimson chin. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three, if you could be like anyone when you grow up, who would it be? Foxy Love. Timmy's <laughs> <laughs> got a dark underside. Yeah. Right. Everybody want a dark underside. Timmy wants the black chick's tongue. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Timmy, uh-huh. I'll meet you later. Uh, pizza or tacos? Pizza! <laughs> Beware, we have pizza and, and waffles. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the funniest joke you know? Um. <laughs> <laughs> there once was a man from Nantucket. Oh, Carl. no! Oh, Carl. no! Carl. No. Uh... I wish I had a joke to do. <laughs> All right, we'll let you off the hook, Timmy. Thank Thanks for being here. <laughs> Samurai Jack. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I hope you know that I'm sort of the Robert De Niro of interviewed <laughs> animated characters. Yes, of course. You don't know what you've gotten yourself in for. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jack. Uh, high five. That is not my real name. <laughs> High fives or fist bumps? I know that one too. <laughs> I well, Gendy, Gendy just animated 15 minutes after that question. So I show all the silence. preferences after all that silence. I would only strike another to save someone. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan? Bruce Lee was a man of great training. Jackie Chan is a clown. (laughs) They both serve their purposes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What fashion statement do you hate? Why everyone is wearing these these closed-toed shoes these days, I do not understand. All you need is a good pair of sandals. Hot, cold, winter, summer. They're good all year round. Uh, Say this five times fast. Toy boats. Toy boats, toy boats, toy boats, toy boats, toy boats. Damn. Nice. Finally. I studied under Frank Welker after studying with Robin Hood. (laughs) Who would you rather fight in a samurai death duel with? Michael Bay or Brett Ratner? Now, I do not fight for entertainment. I would kill both of them (laughs) for the good of society. Thank you. Wow. All right. uh, Hey, hey, Carl. What? Uh, 
What's your favorite candy? I'm sorry? Your favorite candy? An all-day sucker. (laughs) I actually dated somebody who is an all-day sucker. (laughs) What? Oh, it's not like you think. You're so dirty. But I like you. Uh, What are you most allergic to? Um, I'm most allergic to enclosed spaces with approximately... 50 people and an ATM machine. So right now I'm pretty much getting ready to check out. (laughs) Would you rather own 10 llamas or have your own spaceship? 10 llamas or my own spaceship? Yeah. Are you fucking crazy? I'll take the spaceship. I mean, I'm and you not... you like llamas. Well, I like llamas, but if I had a spaceship, I'd get laid so much more. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, I've been a star for a long time, and I have not gotten any in years. <laughs> Foxy Love, i got to give you a number. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, sing the chorus to your favorite song. The chorus to my favorite song? Uh-huh. <clears throat> We don't need no education. There's more. We don't need no thought control. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Wow. Teacher, leave it, kids. That's pretty much it. Yeah, if yeah. you don't Let's eat go. your meat, you can't have any pudding. Stand still, laddie. Finally, Carl, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would you want to meet? Um, I think right now, if I could be anyone in the world, I would really want to be Kim Kardashian. <laughs> because... I mean, she's got like 15 million Twitter followers and a great butt. And I think that with, if I look that good in sort of some Lancome espadrilles and Capri pants, I'd have a great time. Thanks, Carl. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Vanessa, see your questions. Okay. Okay, guys. It's the home stretch. This is the last part. You're really close, but I have questions too. They're pretty. Wow, hard. and you wrote them down. Uh, yeah, it's a new thing. <laughs> Cole made okay. me. You think it's gonna work? Um, well, I have to read this one. <laughs> have you ever met an Olsen twin? Go. I have n- no. None of you. No, have you? No. So okay. Tara's <laughs> been common. mistaken for an Olsen twin. <laughs> <laughs> We at, oh. Vanessa does ask that every single podcast, and I think it's about a 4% yes. Yeah, but have you had a people, lot of people that have actually met Olsen well, twins? Well, no, not many people have met them, but when people have had an experience, they always start it with, well, I saw somebody, like, scuttering around. <laughs> like, yeah. like, they're always in the periphery <laughs> of an like already It's like Sasquatch weird spot. Well, you, had, you had Coulier on the show. He, yeah. He knows them. He, did, he didn't say that He's seen them naked, for God's sake, <laughs> yeah. which... Totally different situation. When they were even skinnier. Yeah. Yeah. He's seen their whole everything. (laughs) Don't worry, I got filled in on all that juicy Mm -hmm. goodness. They were so hot. 
when they were babies. Just kidding. Um, no offense here. I'm more child. Okay. This podcast is so not going to the Library of Congress. I know. Stuck on a little black baby tongue. Wow. They're going to put it in front of the Library of Congress as a warning to everybody else. Yeah. Cease and desist. In. Yeah, a mistake. Okay, um, and now you guys have all angered a wizard, as Uh-oh. I'm sure you knew. And he's going to give you a choice of two different punishments that you have to live with. Okay. So, and you can't skirt around this either, so there's no way to make it better. Oh, watch me. Oh, you always do. You look so slippery. Okay. born in a skirt, baby. <laughs> okay, so you either have to, you have to live in your strangest character voice. So any character voice you've done that you feel like is the strangest is the only voice you can use for the rest of your life. So identify that in your head, hone in on what that kind of nightmare would be. Um, and you can either do that or you have to live in the real life form of their body for your whole life. But you still have your full vocal faculties. Go. Uh-oh, you're not Wait, happy about this. You have to choose you can either one have, or the other? Yeah, you can either have their voice forever or do I have a different your job? sentence to their body. I, I can we, can I we have a different job or are we voice voice I think you're going to have to get a different job. Obviously. Yeah. What if we want their body? Then you win. You win. Who is it, by the way? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a little lollipop chainsaw trick run around him. <laughs> what does he sound like? Uh, well, she does sound like, I'm so happy my boyfriend loves me even though my butt is so big. <laughs> um, you've got gonorrhea face. <laughs> It's not that strange. So it would have to be your, your worst what character, your like your least... The one, yeah, your least favorite one. Well, and you you can't to... say it's your least favorite. Maybe like your most challenging. Like your I most do, challenging or your I most... I do this... Uh, so what is it called? Shaolin Chronicles now? Yeah. Shaolin we Showdown. We do this... Sh- yeah, Shaolin Showdown. And I play Wuya. <laughs> and that is basically called Blood Throat Ooh. at the end of the day. Yeah. I just call it Blood Throat. So... I don't. I don't think I'd want to talk like that forever. So but she's a go- I'd have body. to be a her. She's a ghost. Ooh. Well, hey, there's perks to that. Oh, yeah. You can sneak around. Yeah. So I'd probably be the Good ghost job. of Wu Ya. Yeah. I've got a blood throat. Ter- Terrence from Foster's Home. Yeah, that's Ooh. blood. Some jobs we just call blood throat. Like you see your friends at the end of the day, you go to a new session, they go, how you doing? You're like, blood throat? <laughs> I just did, you know, and you name the gig and they go, I know, I did it last week. Blood throat. Scooby such a dweeb. It's a living. <laughs> and he's ugly too. So that would, that, that would actually be yours. I don't want that body, no. <laughs> no. Take his body with your voice. <laughs> Who would you do, Phil? <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Mr. T. Woody? No, Woody's, Woody's basically, basically my voice, and he's a gymnast, so he's got a great... <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. That's really a win-win. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, I think the strangest voice I've done was uh, Vamp from the video game Metal Gear Solid, which is basically sort of like a dead person's voice. I mean, it's... My queen, you won't believe who I found. Ugh. Yeah, it's just really, yeah. really creepy. But that can yeah. be hot too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he can't be—he can't be killed by a bullet to the head. So I'll take the body. <laughs> there you go. I think I think that I'm gonna stay with my body, <laughs> and I'm gonna be Mark Chang because <laughs> for the rest oh, of my no. life. Because like here, I could survive. <laughs> You'd be bartending here. Right. I'd be bartending here. I would, like, totally be going out with Lorraine Newman. 
or Lorraine Newman, as we call her on Yugopotamia. And I have a crush on Vicky. So, there we go. Thank God for fairly odd parents. <laughs> I would do that. How about you, Morris? Who's your weirdest voice? Uh, my weirdest voice, it's, it's a show that I did for, for one season back in 1985. It was called The Popples. <gasps> I love The Popples. Popples. Look at she. The, you know the popples? Oh yeah. yeah really? Yeah. And you guys know the popples? <laughs> God bless the internet. I was gonna say, man. All right. Well, it, it was. By the way, probably, I saw you saw you, Lorraine, that comedy legend. She just went. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I played a character named PC Popple. Uh, I think it stood for particularly cute or something like that. Uh-huh. I had to do the, the cutiest, ootsiest, wootsiest, cutesiest fucking voice <laughs> that this just n- doesn't emanate from me. So I had to talk like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you remember the show, the show was, the, the, the characters are basically based on the concept of turned inside out socks. Yeah. That's how you got your popple. You got this ball fluff, and then you <laughs> unfolded it, and there was your popple on the other side. But it's like what you do with your gym socks. You roll them up, you stick them inside, and then you... Is this Canadian? Pop them up. No, it's a Deke cartoon. It was a popular toy. Well, Deke stands for do it cheap. Do it cheap, or, yeah. done, in, or done in Canada. Do it Canadian, yeah. Yeah. So, that's where we did Inspector Gadget, actually. So, um... I, did, I was the second Inspector Gadget after Don Adams retired, but that's a long story. And three pennies later. But, um, and a Heather. So I would have to say, I would want to take on, I would have to, if I'd really piss this wizard off, I would take on the physicality of that character, because that would be easier for me than talking like this all the time. And basically, I could still do my voiceovers, and you know, and they, could you just, be they could just roll out. me in as a fucking rolled up sock. And, you know, <laughs> You into, a, into a studio, and I could start. You know, I don't know if I want to work with you. of a ver- of a certain car company. Yeah, I think you'd have to record alone. I would. I think that would freak us out. Record now, anyway. So, guys, you got to get out. Maurice is coming. I basically have the yeah. physique of a large turned inside out popple. So, I, I would not like I get any less chicks. So, <laughs> go ahead. So that's it. That's my. Might get more guys if you're an inside outside. Oh, yeah. oh my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we're wrapping it up, but I have another question for you, obviously. Um, this is called Roger Rabbit Style Love, and it's a popular game that all the kids are playing, um, where you pick a cartoon character you've done and you mate them with a real human. So it's like, who is the character? Like, okay, you pick a character and then say, oh, they would go great with Angelina Jolie. Get it? Like, who is okay. their human lover? Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or their dream lover. Oh, the character. Yeah, yeah, they get to date a real-life celebrity. And then you want to hear what it sounds like? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, take it there. Okay. I, I think without a doubt, I think without a doubt, Yakko Warner and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> so obvious. That's made in heaven. Honey, she would be all over me like white on rice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Good job. Hello, nurse. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> The brain, <laughs> Maria Menounos. <laughs> yes, yes, Pinky. Yes. Oh, I take over her world. <laughs> oh yeah. I think the 
Bubbles Bieber. Bubbles Bieber. <laughs> well, I think mine is obviously would have to be uh, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> Woo! Wow! Give me you. The Dracula. The character I played on The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. It was Dracula. It was Dracula, but it looked like Blackula, and it sounded like Red Fox. <laughs> the big thing was, Dracula don't suck. Dracula scrape with his fangs and then lick. Scrape, then lick. And I like to make love to Betty White. <laughs> Because she, like me, will live forever. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> well, thank you guys all so much. This has been so much thank fun, you, you guys. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. You can uh, please watch all their shows. Watch TMNT when it premieres. Uh, you can, all these guys are on Twitter, so you should That's follow right. them there. Rob yeah. is at Yakko Pinky. Uh, Maurice is at Maurice Lamarche. Tara is at Tara Strong. Cree is at I am Cree Summer. <laughs> Phil <laughs> is at Phil Lamar. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Rathman. The Rathen. podcast is at PMC Podcast. Whoop. Yeah. And we did it. Thank you, you guys for it. coming. Thank, Thank you, guys. everybody. Thank you so Phil much. Lamar, Rob Paulson, Maurice Lamarche, Tara Strong, Cree Summer. Thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of Riot LA. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>